genre. Public Archives, where we discuss the history and legends of a galaxy far, far away. I'm Gary Roby. And I'm Tim Garcia. And we have a very special guest with us this week, Norman Mitchell from Lord of the Rings Minute. Hey, Norman. Hello. Very happy to be here talking about uh, two things I love that have come together in Star Wars yeah. and anime. I'm so excited. We've been talking about doing this Star Wars Visions episode for a while since the show uh, premiered, and I'm glad we finally got to like sit down and talk about it. Right. Yeah. When I do mean, I get uh, to talk about the Star Wars anime, Gary? Now! <laughs> it's happening now! Right now. Uh, very, very, very excited. Looking forward to this for a while. Um, we decided that because there are nine episodes of of Star Wars Visions, we we don't really have the time to go through every single one of them the way we do with our normal deep dives. So we each uh, picked one uh, one episode to talk about for this one. So I'm excited to get into those. But before we do that, like how how do you guys feel like overall, like about Visions and about like the series? Well, um, I'm not a huge anime fan in general. Sure. Uh, that said, I'm very surprised it it kind of took this long for Star Wars and anime to come together because yeah. I feel like they're kind of built for each other. Um, and I think as a whole, the series had uh, really cool episodes and then episodes I was like, that one was kind of lame. So, <laughs> so like, I think it kind of <laughs> went like, uh, like, in a, it, yeah, it was kind of weird how they like they differed in. uh yeah. And yeah, but I guess it's, you know, it's different studios and they all kind of have their different things. That's the thing that I found really fascinating about it, right? Is like an anthology series, but each of the episodes is by a different studio. And so they all feel really distinct in a way that uh, that I appreciated actually going through it. Yeah. Nine episodes, seven studios. So two of them did two. OK. Mm. Uh, the other thing I was noticing is watching them all like back to back to back. You start to realize, like, I don't know if it's a cultural thing that everyone just kind of latches on to very similar things. But like mm. a lot of them had like the same. There was like, oh, well, we have to have family members and they're uh, like one of them turns evil. One of them goes good. And, you know, <laughs> uh, there's always the main character always has a droid like that, like follows him. Uh, like a lot of them have like kind of similar uh, yeah, I really like the like wandering the frontier style Jedi like yeah, yeah, in about it's like a very cool take that seems like really inspired by like Obi Wan's whole vibe in the original movie. Yeah, but it's not actually something that happens a lot in the canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's... yeah, we don't get like the lone wanderer super often. Well, it takes from the the samurai films, right? That yeah, the Star absolutely. Wars was based on. So it's like. It, it makes sense. Right. Like, Definitely. that's the thing. Like, Star Wars is inspired by all these uh, uh, Jedi Geki uh, samurai movies. Mm -hmm. And then now we finally get that back to these anime studios making samurai stuff with Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I found it very cool. I, I appreciated it a lot. Um, where do you want to start? We each picked an episode. Does anyone want to volunteer to go first? Uh, why don't we start with yours, Gary? You're the, with you mine? Pick, you yeah, the first it's one. the first one. I right? picked the first one. I picked the duel from Kamikaze Duga. Um, this is the one featuring the Ronin and his uh, and his droid uh, B556. 
uh, heading into a small little village on a planet called ooh, Genbara. And uh, the town is under attack by some bandits. It turns mm-hmm. out they're being led by a Sith warrior. Can we and stop for a second? The, Do we know what uh, yeah. what else Kamikaze Duga has worked on? Uh, I did a little bit of digging. They haven't done a whole... I couldn't find a whole lot, but... They did do they do the opening animations for all the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure series. Oh, cool. But also they worked on Batman Ninja. Yes. Which I highly <laughs> recommend. Actually, really? Batman Ninja is super fun. Batman Ninja is bonkers. That movie is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, just taking a popular media and putting it in like feudal Japan. Um, it's rad. <laughs> I really loved it. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, the website I did, is literally just linking to the duel on Disney Plus. Yeah. The big thing they got all right the, now. That's all they put on their website. They want you to know. Yeah. I tried to do some digging because like uh they have the behind the scenes like featurettes for each of the episodes on Disney Plus as well. And they talk about um the people that make up of Kamikaze Duga and like the work they've done before, but like I didn't have time to go in and, and look into like what each of these individuals have done, like separate from this production. House. I see. Yeah. Um, anyway, but so they're yeah, all people to... that are like, you know, again, just heavily inspired by Star Wars already uh, had been fans of the series for a really long time. This episode actually features a lot of um, sort of little homages to like bits of the prequel trilogy, even that made me really happy, like yeah. the um, the fight on the log in the river or um even the moment where the Ronin is like hiding behind the waterfall and the Sith bandit like runs her lightsaber through the water. It's um supposed to be an homage to that moment in Phantom Menace where they are fighting Darth Maul and get separated by the different walls of energy and Maul's okay. like hitting his lightsaber against it, like waiting for the, the fight to continue. Um, which I found really I found really exciting. Mm. That part was uh interesting because uh the like the Sith uh, bandit, she's kind of standing on a log. Yeah. And it's rolling towards the waterfall. And then all of a sudden the log just stops. And I'm like, did it hit a rock? Like, why did it stop? Oh, I assumed and this like, was her using the force. To yeah, do that. I just but figured they were she, using the force. Yeah, that's I was kind of like, I guess it's the force. But then she like looks up like she forgot the thing was there. But if in order for it to stay there, <laughs> she has to keep she had to have been keeping it there. I don't know. It was funny. Uh, I I love uh, the Soliston shopkeep guy that um, has to fix yeah. the droid before the kettle uh, goes off. It's so good too. The timing on that. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really cool device in in the duel. I really liked that a lot. I really love how this episode looks. Yeah, like it's it's not the most distinct style from other episodes, but it's mm-hmm. because I think the one that uh, that Tim wanted to talk about has the most distinct style. Uh, but. I really like that this looks like an old film that is degraded. Yeah, they talked really about cool how choice. they were really heavily inspired by the sort of like monochrome Kurosawa films. Yeah. yeah. And how they it's really great. wanted to capture that like Stark's almost hand-drawn quality. It looks very clear, like Seven Samurai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very clear homage to Kurosawa. Um, but they splash color in there, too, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get the red for the lightsabers yeah. and you get I think there's like a little bit of blue on his wristband to summon the the droid. I think the droid's rockets also it's um have some splashes of color. Yeah, it's interesting because they're that that has to be animated, right? They animate in the scratches in the film and yeah. the like the like little burns and stuff like that that happen when you, you know, 
when you run a 35 millimeter film over and over and over and over and over, you know? Yeah. 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 They would have had to because you can't just apply a filter because that'll go over everything and you need to pick right. where those things are for the look that you want, especially mm-hmm. when like blasters or lightsabers cut through everything. Because I think the blaster bolts are also green, some of them. Yeah. Yeah. This episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool. I like the little um, sandcrawler esque, uh, like walker that they arrive in, and the bandits all come out and right are like taking care of everything in the village. Like it seems like they're going to be able to do this single handedly. It's not until um, the son of the chief, because the chief is like apparently sick or something. This no, little he's kid, super dead. he died. Who has? Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm sure he's probably dead also. I think in the book they hint that he's sick, but we never okay. go back to this town. So, yeah, who knows? Um, right, he's like laying there with a towel over his face. I thought they showed he he was dead, but yeah, yeah. I'm assuming so. Um, they've apparently like hired some bounty hunters and some guards to like help protect this town from the bandits. And that's when the Sith leader herself decides that she's going to come out and like, how do we feel about her? Like her lightsaber parasol, right? Well, the umbrella frame. Yeah. Well, okay. So it's both of the lightsabers in this one are in sheaths, which I think is really cool. Like it's very samurai. Like they have to draw it Mm -hmm. from their sheath. Um, But hers specifically has like the parasol thing, but it's that's like part of the sheath. Yeah. And the little lasers come out the like branches of the umbrella but they retract as she pulls her lightsaber out of the yeah. sheath, which is really cool. I think cool. it's cool. It, it's like, splits like, it itself, like, yeah. this, like, attachment to her lightsaber that gives it this, like, umbrella shape. And, I, yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought it was hilarious at the end of the episode when he's like, here, have this thing. And, like, <laughs> I would be like, what do I do with this? Like, <laughs> I don't have a lightsaber. Like, yeah, what good is this going to be? I mean, it's got to be made of some pretty nice material to, like, deflect and hold a lightsaber blade. Yeah. He could take that apart and use those things for for other stuff, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. But like, or, like, a fountain for the center of town. I don't know. Yeah. Right, yeah. Kind of a cool <laughs> Put it down there in the shrine that just got wrecked. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. Uh, I like this little trick, right? So at the end of the episode, when we have, when he's, like, escaped into the little like temple under the waterfall kind of thing. And we see just the, like the glow of the lightsaber through the waterfall and the bandit jumps through and she goes to like cut him down, but actually his lightsaber is being held by a statue, like a statue of a Jedi. And he has a second lightsaber that he's able to use to like impale her and take her down. Yeah. Yeah. He's carrying two. He's got two. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a Tusken Raider guard, which I like. There is a Tusken Raider. Right, there's like there's the also... sandcrawler looking ship, and then we see a Tusken yeah. Raider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. I just the Tusken like... Raider's great. There's also a Doug riding around in a, on a, like a modified probe droid that I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, I do kind of want to learn more about this. Like, I, I kind of think of these. It's funny because these kind of came out the same time as Marvel was doing their what if yeah. things. So it's kind of like a cool think of it. Like, these are all kind of Star Wars alternate universes where like these because they they definitely kind of build rich histories like there's like a statue to something that we don't know what that is and it's uh each one of these is kind of gives you that 
sort of feeling that you have maybe watching Star Wars the first time when you're like, I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Like, there's this kind of crazy, so rich, yeah, there's, there's crazy so much here. Yeah. stuff happening. There's lasers and like, but I don't really know what's happening, which we can't really get with Star Wars in canon these days yeah. anymore because we're all so completely engulfed in it. So it's kind of cool to have these little, yeah, similar, a, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, a, it's like a fun little diversion. It's this extra, this extra thing. And like, there's no reason that some of these can't exist in the canon, depending on when they might happen. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. This is, this is, uh, if people want more of like this particular version of this, like feudal Japanese Star Wars telling, um, I just finished reading M.M. Yeko Kandon's, um, Ronin, which is based on, inspired by this, uh, this episode, the duel, the first like two or three chapters, I think of the novel is the episode and then continues telling the, the Ronin story from here. Um, and they just have like a really interesting like take on what the Sith Rebellion was and why uh, why the Ronin is hunting down other Sith that were part of the order that he was he used to be part of. Um, we even get more of this like Sith bandit and uh, what's up with her and why she's why she's been working as a bandit rather than being part of like this order that has fallen. Right. Um, yeah. Rule of two. What? Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's so totally is... just like a different version of the the Jedi Order and the Sith the Sith Order. Um, I found it very very cool. I like that book a lot. Highly recommend people check that out. He's carrying around like a dozen red Kyber crystals. Yeah. Uh huh. You killed a bunch of dudes. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I want to know. I want to know where these all came from. Yeah. Presumably other other Sith that he's killed. Right. And if. You- yeah, and if you're looking for the like, we're talking about how it was very clearly inspired by Kurosawa. Yojimbo is the the samurai film about the Ronin that is kind of wandering around on his own. Yeah, it's the the series that inspired the Man with No Name, the like the Good, the Bad, the Ugly, and mm-hmm. Fistful of Dollars, Few Dollars More, all those. Yeah, the uh, character designer for um, Kamikaze Duga, uh, Takashi Oz. Uh, Okazaki mentions Yojimbo and Seven Samurai being like in particular things that inspired him, but that he's also really, uh, really influenced by Lone Wolf and Cub, okay. which I think also like kind of fits this aesthetic of like yeah. the sort of wandering swordsman. I've read so little of that, but it's like I know that it's like this really like foundational piece of manga that yeah. I've been meaning to read forever. Like Lone Wolf and Cub is just something that has just been on a list in the back of my brain for years. Definitely. It's like, I, yeah, I like that this one just like leans like so heavy into that like Kurosawa feeling. Yeah, Yeah. it did it a lot. And I like that even this, you can tell that they're kind of like, just kind of draw whatever Star Wars things you want. Like, yeah, just kind of do whatever, take whatever things. It doesn't have to make sense. Just do it. Like, I thought that was kind of, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's super clear. uh, They were just given complete freedom. It's like, you make a Star War. Go for it. Yeah. Do, do whatever you want with it. Yeah. It was it was a great one to start the series off because it kind of showed you it's like, yep, we're just doing. I think my favorite part, my favorite, like single little visual in this episode is when he when the Ronin stops the Sith bandits lightsaber with his hands, like catches it with the force between his bare hands. That's so cool. It's so cool. Because we don't see stuff like that happen very much. No, 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 hardly ever. Um, I will say a lot of 
a few episodes, uh, a few different episodes, really liked the like Kylo Ren stop the laser. Yeah. Thing. Oh, totally. Like, Dude, when I saw that the first time, like in theaters, when, when I lost uh, my damn mind. Force, yeah, yeah. Force Awakens comes out in that moment. I like gasped. Just like, oh, my God, I've we've never seen anything like this before. Like, as it was so like violent and still shaky. So yeah. it was like one, it was like super cool and really sudden and like nothing we'd ever seen before. And two, it was so clear that he had no real control or finesse. Uh-huh. Like and he holds so it good. for like two minutes. Well, yeah. like a whole conversation happens. Oh, uh, man. Great. Good stuff. You just like dug up how awesome I thought that was the first time I saw it. Yeah, just, like, it's so cool. It's that's so, the good yeah, shit so right cool. there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's the duel. Yeah. So the duel. Please. So you mentioned they wrote the book. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think so? this one and and several others really felt like the studio's kind of posturing to get like a full series. Yeah. Um, I know you, I think you had mentioned off air that, um, was it the, the twins have a full, they have like um, a full, uh, story written out. I don't remember. That sounds right to me. Um, and like some, some of the other ones seem like the one that normal wants to talk about, I think seems like it could be a full series. Like they could really do a full, um, or at least, you know, carry it off into a, a manga or something like that. Yeah. Some of I them didn't take see... the short film mandate. They're like short film. Nah, pilot. Yeah, pilot. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas other ones are definitely like, nope, this is our thing. We're done. This cool. is done. This yeah. is the story where yeah. where it's over. Like Ronan feels pretty enclosed to me. Like there's no need to go anywhere else. Like the duel yeah. here. This is just like one tight little story. One slice of a wanderer's life. Right. Like, it's pretty cool. I love the shot of him drawing the lightsaber for the first time, too. It's, it's really so rad. good. Like seeing it from inside the sheath as it turns on and is drawn yeah. and all that. Yeah. But Ronan, I think, also could. They, they they did a good job of like, this could just be it. Or, you know, you want us to make more? We got we could do more. Right. Yeah. Like there's yeah. clearly more here. But this is like a really like a really like self-contained narrative. Just pretty cool. Yeah. The fact that that book came out so soon after this series dropped. Um, I found it really interesting. That means that like, I know that the author started working on writing the story like pretty early in the process of the, of the production. Like I think that, that they had only gotten to see like some storyboarding stuff and had gotten to like talk to the, the studio about like what their idea for who this character was, was. And maybe seen the um, first but, pass of the script and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then was really able to like ask some questions, but then go on and like craft the rest of the narrative. Uh, Pretty cool. How like, inspired from here? How early did production on Star Wars Visions start? That's a great question. I don't actually know like what the timeline is for it. Because like coordinating all these studios, I would assume it's like at least like two or three years. Like they've known this was coming out for a while. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't announced until right like six months what, before it dropped or something. No, it's, it was yeah. announced in mid twenty twenty. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy announced it on like an investor call. Oh, um, I don't remember seeing any marketing until like yeah, but they no, no yeah. Actually, if you watch Disney, really holds back on their marketing until whatever project it was before that kind of finishes and comes out, mm. and then it's yeah. kind of interesting. Like they they really like it's like we'll know it. They'll announce it all. Like we haven't even seen a book of Boba Fett trailer, and that comes out in a month and a half. Yeah, like it's months, wild. Right? Wow, that's crazy. Right? Wow. Yeah, it's so, so soon. Yeah. 
that they just existing, don't want to step on. Yeah. <laughs> that existing is like one of those things that like motivates me more to watch the Mandalorian than anything else. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like the book of Boba Fett. I'm like, please tell me more about old man Boba Fett. I would like yeah. to know what are you doing yeah. without the old expanded universe? I want to see this guy's story now. Yeah, I'm really excited to see like where they're going to take that that take that story. Yeah, I'm just always fascinated on like when will the trailer drop? Like they because they you know they calculate it and yeah you know it's all very planned out. Um, yeah, where's the trade off between like mystery and hype and when do you want to like yeah. get that going? Because yeah, mm-hmm. they I mean we just got our first Hawkeye trailer what a month ago, right? And that and comes yeah. out around comes Christmas out, time. No, it comes out like three weeks, three or four weeks now. Oh yeah. So it's yeah, like it's, it's soon. <laughs> it's like wow. really soon. So it's like yeah, they they kind of wait. Huh. Yeah, I'm it's very curious to see like when we're gonna when we're gonna get that trailer. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that's not um. That's not Star Wars visions. That's not visions. Um. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tangentially related. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Norman, do you want to uh, take yours? Yeah, uh, the one that you chose. Yeah, sure. So we'll jump from the first one to the next to last one. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the the one that I want to talk about is La Pinocho. Like this one, uh, just really, really grabbed me, and I really just fell in love with it the first time I watched it. Um, yeah, it's by a studio called uh, Gino Studio, which have basically done like almost nothing. They've only they've only done mm-hmm. a few a few projects. They've only existed since I think twenty fifteen. Uh, they produced a series called Golden Kamui, which I haven't watched, but is an adaptation of a manga about like a like a soldier and a, and a young girl looking for treasure in like snowy reaches of northern Japan. Mm. Um, but this one is about like a young th- this this episode of Star Wars Visions La Pinocho is about like this escaped slave of the Empire, like bunny girl that meets yeah like a like a samurai. Uh, clan father and daughter and just winds up getting roped into their family and we, yeah. we flash forward a few years seven years um this is like a planet that the empire is colonizing not by force but by offering like technology and development and money uh mm-hmm. which i think is like an interesting little wrinkle in the setup of this episode that i don't that isn't really focused on because it's it's the setup for like the seven year gap and then just like kind of jumping into this like family story about this family that breaks under the pressure of how do we look towards the future? Like, how do we deal with this this terrible situation and, yeah. and all this stuff? And like there's lightly this whole thing about like the planet being poisoned and you can see like the poverty and pollution at the edges of the technology the Empire has laid down. Like, I think there's some really interesting stuff in the in the scenery and the world building in the background of this episode. But like the core yeah. narrative just really got me and it does all these yeah. things visually that just like really put me in the world of this episode and I love it from start to finish. I don't think it's the best one in like any way in particular. Sure. It just really grabbed me. Yeah. Well, visually you're talking about stuff that's going on in the background, especially just visually. Of course we have um, kind of an homage to that star destroyer over Jedha in rogue one. Yeah. Cause there's always a star destroyer just kind of chilling over the, over the city. Yeah. Um, when I first saw Lop show up, I was very excited because we're one step closer to Jackson, uh, the rabbit getting becoming the return canon. of Jackson. Uh, she is the same species. Uh, she is a lepi, which is just 
a rabbit, basically. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's definitely more like intricate Leppy than Jackson is. Uh, Jackson is a non-canon now, a uh, former friend of Han Solo, who was just a rabbit yeah. smuggler guy that, yeah, hung out with him and kind of talked down to Han Solo. Uh, but yeah, I was very excited about that. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, we have another, we're closer to Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll be in Solo too, if that ever happens. There you go. Oh my oh gosh, my God, if they I did would, that. I would love this. If they did that. Well, we're getting a Lando show, right? That's true. So he could be in Lando. I'd be down for that. Uh, that'd be yeah, pretty I'd rad. I'd be down for that. Yeah, so when Lop shows up, she just sort of gets adopted by... What is he called? Like, he's like They call him like the boss. Like it's Boss Yasaburo. Yeah. yeah, so he's like the head of the clan. Uh-huh. Okay. It's, it's kind of like the... I'm sure it's like kind of like Yakuza-ish, but like... Yeah, it's not really portrayed that way or like presented that way. But like, that's that's <laughs> what I think of when I hear boss. Yeah. Yeah. So basically his daughter makes it so that like he has no choice, like honor, like honorably, he has to take in Lop. Right. Yeah. She's like, oh, come on. Like, yeah, you'll you'll love it here. And he's like and he's not happy about it. But he, he ends up taking her on. Uh huh. Right. You you were talking about like they always they all have a droid like Lop has this little droid. I love that it's carrying yep. a pineapple through this market. Yeah. <laughs> it helped her. It helped her rob a, a market. Probably. Uh, yeah. You know, you think it's pretty cool. And she's just so cute. Oh, my gosh. It's just. So yeah, adorable. she's adorable. Yeah. Little baby Lop. We um, get the family picture, which. What a way to call that back on the last shot of the whole episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Absolutely. family hollow. It's like a hollow picture, which I, I don't know why. Like when I was seeing that, I was like, I don't know why we don't see that more in Star Wars. Like, I feel like that yeah. would be a more common thing of like a. I think a, it's really cool. Kind of like the Harry Potter movie, pa- moving paintings. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But but like a hollow. Uh, it seemed like that would be something that. I don't know. I, I think whenever possible, they like to lean on more tangible physical things in Star Wars. Yeah. Um. So maybe that's why, like, Hera's got her, uh, like family heirloom. Oh yeah. Reminds her uh-huh. of like her family, uh, but not a lot of people like looking at pictures and or at hollows and lockets or stuff. You know, like that you would. There's not a lot of like art in Star Wars no. outside well, of like Thrawn stories. Yeah, it's hard they only to bring kind it up of when Thrawn shows up. It's hard to kind of design art to be like kind of like alien and different from what we expect it to be. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's just a concern of just like we're not going to concern ourselves with that in the design generally. But we do get some oh, totally. across these stories, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's that Jabba. When you say art, I think of that Jabba relief in the back of the sail barge. Oh, um, yeah. That he uh, it's called Negana Datil Jabba. <laughs> Is the <laughs> is the name of the piece and uh they sell it at uh the the disney parks that's awesome which is hilarious that is so good you can get a little uh jabba relief (laughs) who doesn't want a little painting of jabba the hut come on it's like it's like a sculpt it's like a kind of a 3d sculpture um that you can like i don't even know how to like describe oh this is great look at this this is amazing yeah. Wow. It's, uh, <laughs> he's surrounded by seven slaves. Um, wow. But yeah, it's like kind of in the background on the sail barge. Uh, uh-huh. And that's like the only piece of like someone has art, you know, besides in the cartoons and, and with Thrawn and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I mean, 
Jabba Jabba uses uh, Han Solo as art for a while. Right. Well, Jabba's a patron of the arts, if nothing else, right? He has bands. (laughs) He's got dancers. He's he's basically the Medici's of Tatooine. He broadcasts radio to the galaxy clearly from from the second episode of this. Oh, yeah, clearly. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah. So he's yeah, he's big into into I like his tail and... thumping to the music in that, that episode. That made me laugh. Way. That's like that's one of the handful of moments in that episode that I got a giggle out of me. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So we have this sort of like family tension about like what to do about the Imperial expansion that's happening on this planet. Um, you know, um Ocho believes that they should um kind of capitulate and fold and become part of the empire and accept this sort of like expansion that's happening while uh, Yasaburo wants nothing to do with it and maintains that they can continue to like stand on their own and do their own thing. Right. Um, he said something really interesting in that conversation because he mentions that they never did. They never like capitulated to the Republic. They did fine without the Republic. Why should the empire be any different? Which like implies to me that the empire is relatively recent. Like he remembers the Republic is how that line comes yeah. across to me. So I think that's really uh, this, interesting. Wikipedia puts this timeline somewhere between 12 BBY and 0 BBY. Okay. Or 0 ABY. But yeah, it's uh yeah, relatively so about yeah, within the, within the time frame before A New Hope. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, like um, I I didn't look up the timeline, like just that one line. I'm like, "Oh, I think I can kind of place yeah. where this is <laughs> in the timeline." Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how some of these stories definitely take place like at a point in the timeline where we've seen before, whereas some of the other stories are like, no, this is just an entirely different version of like what the history of this this galaxy is. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And like Norman said, there's nothing that says this couldn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, the story couldn't exist in canon. There's really nothing that conflicts with anything else. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because it's not like an actually established Jedi, like hiding on this planet. Like a Jedi trained one dude way back in the past and left a lightsaber for him. And it's just been passed down. And we don't even know for sure how many force sensitive people have existed in that family line until now. Right. Yeah. I really love the like heirloom lightsaber. I really like the design of it. It's really cool. The scene yeah. where uh, Boss Yasaburo bestows it on Lop is like my favorite scene from any of the episodes across Visions. I love the like kind of quiet thing. I love her little Dragon Ball Z scanner. <laughs> yes, me too. Look with your eyes. You don't need yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, I really liked that. Uh... Yeah, it, it was just really cool. It was just a, a really fun it. And it definitely seemed like uh, it was like a pilot. This this well, this one yeah. was one yeah. of them that felt like this one feels like, like the first act of a story. Like we're just getting started. Like we're we're just yeah. we're about to just like take off into something bigger here. Um, mm-hmm. I also like the the logo for the Yasaburo clan that's in that space. Is like just looks like the the was that the rebel logo with like the starburst um, and the wings? Oh yeah, let me yeah. look. It's like a the it's like a it's like three circles with a circle around it. No, the the one yeah. that's in the shrine that's like up on the oh okay, the okay. mantle is like mm, the yeah, wings with the with the starburst. It kind of looks like the rebel insignia. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, I wish I had a photo of it. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I don't see it. But yeah, I could kind of I could kind of see that. Yeah. Like them doing oh, like here an it homage is. to the Um, I don't know how I feel about how completely unhinged uh Ocho gets like almost suddenly. Uh yeah. yeah. There's a lot of heavy it, lifting in that 7-year gap. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, she kind of goes from like, well, even at the beginning of like when they're when Lop first shows up and and Ocho and 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 uh, but um, I'm blanking on his name, ba- Boss Yasaburo. Uh, yeah. when they're fighting and they're arguing, like it really seemed like this is just differences in opinions. Like this is just uh, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do, and you know, Ocho just thinks that you know we can be more popular it doesn't really matter if it's the empire we just need to survive under them they're the new government yeah. and and yes yeah, like no no we need to fight them blah blah but by the end of it she's just like i don't care who's in my way we have to do this and it's like well like who are you fighting for what's your motivation yeah. here like you're clearly not fighting for your family and you thought and earlier at the beginning it seemed like you were really fighting for your family like you're yeah. like i want to survive under this and you're not mm-hmm really going you know it's like do you really like this swarmy officer that we met once that much like yeah. i don't know what is what's going on there man that guy uh, comes off that as such a creep i know he i love really him does. he was great uh, <laughs> but uh yeah he's like the most they like leaned into like they like make him like as cartoonishly evil as you want like uh-huh. go go <laughs> ham just go for it yeah um yeah he was great um but yeah she just really goes like completely unhinged by the end of that and i was just like all right like i think i think it worked well enough like i said like i don't think that this one is like the best at any one thing in particular like it just it just gets me like i think the best written one is probably the village bride yeah Uh, one was great i really like that that one a lot Um, yeah that one was wild though there's a lot we could we could break that one down a lot yeah. and the music in that one is like the best out of all of them by far mm-hmm. in my opinion uh i the music here is really good too the music in this one really grabs me especially during the scuffle between uh lop and ocho at the end like the way the score like drops out with the with the little bits of force power and the strikes from the the lightsaber and yeah. Yasaburo's like uh like energy sigh thing like this powered uh sigh yeah yeah it definitely um it works it works better i almost feel like you should just watch this one since there's no real point to watching them in any particular order mm-hmm. uh i feel like this is a good one to watch early like this maybe should have been episode two yeah i feel like uh because i think the end of it kind of feels like the twins just because you have two siblings sure. that are fighting and they have different ideas about the direction of the galaxy and like, I was like, okay, you know, um, whereas I feel like if you watch this one first, it's kind of like, okay, cool. This is, you know, um, especially if you're binging the whole uh, mm-hmm. episode, uh, the whole season, which, you know, they dropped it all at once. So that's kind of right. They, they expected people to, yeah. <laughs> they expected people to binge it. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that seven year gap is just doing a, a lot of heavy lifting in Ocho's in like Ocho's narrative, because it's clear yeah. that the tension has been going on for a while. So like, how yeah. long has she been like talking to the empire in secret? How long has yeah. she been like trying to mess up whatever her father was doing like how long has this tension been building and then it reaches a breaking point he shows up she's in a death star uh, a death a star destroyer like 
with the Empire and Yasaburo shows yeah. up to talk to her. Like, what is she supposed to do if a fight breaks out other than to like she, at that point, she's kind of forced into fighting alongside the Empire. And once she's struck a blow on her father in combat, like, that's it for her. Like, she's she snaps at yeah. that point. She's committed. Right. Um, like, she she bites her thumb till it bleeds and takes the blue the blue eyeshadow that's on her that, like, is part of her family colors. She smears it over yeah. in red. Like, and that's where she changes. Like, now she's seeing red. She's right. just yeah. angry that she mm-hmm. can't get through to her father. And then she cuts her hair off. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, just normal things. Just normal things. You know, <laughs> yeah. smearing blood in your eyes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just normal things. Sometimes you got to prove a point. Yeah. And we get that great last <laughs> shot of like Lop marking the X on on Ocho and then rising up on the the transport to fly away. And then mm-hmm. just the family portrait just flickering in a broken TD. It was so sad with the droid got broken. Yeah. Yeah, and then it it's, just it's super bummer. Yeah, never hurt the droids. That's number one. Uh, like if right. you're if you uh, if you hurt the droids, you're a bad guy. You're a bad guy. Yeah, uh, this this I episode mean, what, just uh, so many things in it. I'm just like I love that and that and that uh-huh. and that. Uh, I just want to gush about it. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's a lot of fun. And it's such like a downer. The, I like this one a lot. <laughs> it's such a downer of an uh-huh. ending. And then the last it episode is. has like the biggest downer of an ending. <laughs> It's yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny because, you know, yeah, the ending definitely is like, yeah, we feel like they wanted this to be a pilot. But like you said, that seven year gap, if they had had been commissioned a full series, we would have gotten We'd probably a ton of episodes there. that are definitely. talking about that whole like what that's going on. It's some flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. Like I could yeah. see this being turned into like a like a 13 episode single season anime, which I, yeah. I'm sure that Gino Studio would love to do. I would love this. Yeah, I'd watch yeah, it for I'd, sure. I'd watch the hell out of it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's more I need more Lop in my life. Yeah. Yeah, Lop is a Lop is great. I love her. Lop is great and just you know, bring me closer to Jackson. Right. So the second episode <laughs> with like an umbrella more that leppy. features heavily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, that's uh Lop and Ocho. Yeah. Good uh, great episode. Um I like that one good a lot. Episode. Um, so the one I wanted to, uh, bring up was T.O.B. One. And guys, it's Astro Boy. We're, it's so super we're just, is. we're just doing Astro Boy. Yeah. But, uh, I'm happy about it. Like, I'm cool with them just doing Astro Boy. It's great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So basically we have, um, an old armless inventor who's fantastic. Um, uh, by the way, the animation is all very much Astro Boy. Like it's, uh-huh. it's like, yeah, you can just tell, like they were very clear, like, this is what we're doing guys. I love that earlier. You're like, I'm not really into anime. And they're like, we're doing Astro Boy. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I just like when they're just, it's very clear homages. Like the first one was like the first episode of the thing is like, we're doing, uh, Yojimbo. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like we're just, you know, that's what we're doing guys. Like. Um, yeah, it's just like we're we're just putting it in Star Wars this time. It's we're just we're doing we're doing Astro Boy. Yeah. Um. So this is T.O.B. One, um, which if you're familiar with Astro Boy, um, was the inventor's son was Toby or Tobio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, T.O.B. One is a droid created by an armless inventor who um, 
really wants to be a Jedi. Yeah. He he loves the stories of the Jedi. He wants to be a Jedi. When you see him, he's like, and he's basically a little boy, like like the way they mm-hmm. animate him, which we've never really seen a droid that's quite like that in Star Wars. Yeah. So when I first heard the premise of this and I heard, oh, it's about a droid that really wants to be a Jedi. I pictured like uh, something like like Wally wanting to be like imagining being a Jedi, <laughs> you know, something that was like, can a gonk okay, droid be a Jedi? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Could you imagine how great that story would be? Like a gonk <laughs> droid that dreams to be a Jedi? Yeah. I would, I, mean, I would love I would love that. <laughs> like, obviously, you know, at the end, it would have to, you know, the story would be like it's trying to be a droid and then it finds out it's happier being, you know, whatever else it, it you know, yeah. what it finds along the way trying to be the the Jedi. And so that's totally what I thought this would be. And I was not anticipating um, literally having kind of a Pinocchio story. Um, yeah. Which is, you know. Um, I thought it was cool. Yeah. So. It would be so cute. Um, I even like Mataka, Professor Mataka a lot. Yeah. Um, he's trying to bring life to this planet. Like that's his whole thing. And he has his helper droid tob1 who also has a droid because he's the main character so he's got to have a droid yeah yeah uh, he's well, if you're gonna make droid. star yeah. wars <laughs> there's so many droids yeah. if you're gonna make a star wars he, thing you got to do all the tropes like as the writer in the studio if you if you only get if you might only get the one chance you got to do it right yeah uh-huh. yeah go figure go home uh so the droid has a droid um, which a lot of thoughts on how droid friends droid ownership <laughs> works um <laughs> Because that's like, like it's already no. kind of thought of like that droids, since the droids are sentient, it's kind of like slavery. Right. Because we talk yeah, about in Han Solo, no they have like the that. liberation and the droids that want to be free. So there's like oh, that. So now you have a droid that. that has. I want that, that story. Yeah. Droid. Me I want too. the droid I mean, liberation a, in Star Wars story. It was the subplot of Solo. It was yeah, a little then, subplot of then, Solo. And then they put her in the ship and the end. No yep. more droid liberation. Yeah. We uh Han Solo sorry, isn't actually a pilot. It's actually just the computer. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I made a lot of special modifications, aka I uploaded a consciousness into my ship. <laughs> yeah, basically. With a map of the whole galaxy. It just knows where everything is. Yep. Yeah. How can um, Ray fly the ship? Because Han never him. did either. It also yeah. kind of wants to bone my friend. But uh, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> just just a little. <laughs> but we don't worry about that. No. <laughs> It's like, oh, man, how weird is that? I'm just trying to, trying to think of if my car really wanted, like, was really attracted to one of my friends. Uh, and Lando, Lando like, gets the, the Falcon again for a little while. Yep. He does. He does. We don't, luckily, we don't see too much of what he does off screen. Well, he's, yeah, yeah. no thanks. Um, he goes into the, he's like, here are all my capes. They're all still here. They're still here. <laughs> They all kind of don't fit him. Like they're all a little, like Aww. they're all a little too short. He's, it's been so long. So funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so he wants to. Uh, so yeah, Mitaka wants to bring life to this planet. Tob One wants to be a Jedi. Um, Mitaka has a T sixteen Skyhopper. Um, yeah, just chilling in his garage, which I love. I love the T sixteen. We like rarely see them in Star Wars. Um, and one of my biggest like mind blowing moments was I was probably 
I was way into my Star Wars fandom. I'd watched A New Hope a million times was the fact that there's a T-16 in the background of like the uh, garage shots in the Lars homestead. Like while every, he's playing like, with his while model, he's playing with a little one, it's back there uh-huh. and it's been there like the entire time. And I was like, I have never seen that before in my life. It's so it's great. like it's funny yeah, because they don't use the ship very much. But yet. Every time I see it, I'm like, that's from Star Wars. I know exactly what that yeah. what that is. That's a Star Wars yep. ship. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So he activates a T-16 and somehow that wakes up like the the evil not Vader. Um, he's like an inquisitor. Um, yeah. And it alerts him to uh, the, the presence of a force user on the planet so this must be sometime during the dark times right during the yeah the empire looking for force users um yeah they call him an inquisitor so um he flies down in his um yeah his inquisitors tie defend or tie advance so like just like yeah. the the grand inquisitor he drove in rebels um and uh we don't see what happens because uh tob1 has to go hide while mataka like goes up and is like okay i'm gonna go take care of this Mm -hmm. um oh yeah the reason he was doing that was because uh tob1 was looking for a kyber crystal because yeah mataka was like that's how you become a jedi is you find your kyber crystal and a kyber crystal he's poking around and he turns on the the t16 yeah and he was he was really bad at finding his kyber crystal he couldn't find it or toby yeah, he turns on the the T sixteen and um basically gets Mataka killed. Yep. Yeah, poor Mataka. Um as as I understand for the point of the episode, like it's not you wanna see it from TOB one's point of view, but I kinda yeah. wanted to see what that fight if there was a fight, because I feel like Mataka would have put up a, a fight even with no one. I feel like it too. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have been awesome uh, to like see this old armless yeah. Jedi like put up a real fight. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, it'd be so good. Um, I get that's missing the point of the episode, but it would have been cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so um, he comes out and it's a very like Luke returning to the Lars homestead moment. Uh, yeah. Everything's all kind of burnt. Um, luckily, he doesn't see his. Uh, his, I guess, master, uh, burnt carcass on the ground. Yeah. Like, like Luke sees for his aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that kind of sets him out to basically rebuild everything. Um, so he rebuilds everything and he actually gets life to work on the planet, uh, yeah. which is adorable. But that, Therefore of course, the planet brings, uh, the Inquisitor back. Yeah. We see terraforming. In any other, not that I can think. Not that of. I can think of either. Do they in High Republic? I feel like there was. There's maybe talk about it. Ooh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a thing that comes up at some point. I can't remember though. Um, I I don't think it's a thing that we've seen often, if much at all, outside this. Yeah, but I feel like it must happen in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I would think so. To a degree, but there's an awful lot of, like, barely inhabited desert planets. Yeah. There's all these planets that are habitable. Just not that many people there yet. Yeah, but, like, you know, even they have Hoth, Jakku, Tatooine. Yeah. 
just barren. Um, they're just barren. Even yeah. to a degree, Camino is just all ocean. Yeah, there's just those platforms. Um, also, single Bespin? biome planets because George Lucas yeah. doesn't understand. Yeah, all single biome. Everything is just one. That's like Earth is a way cooler planet because it's got all of those a biomes. Bunch of different, Everything uh-huh. we just mentioned, there's that part of Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although so one big city is kind of cool. Whole planet's one, one big, big city. One big city is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Finding a way. For, I don't know how that. Anyway. Get me started <laughs> on the science of how Coruscant would work. Did, uh, <laughs> did you guys both see the reference to the twins in this episode? No. No. In the drawings that Toby is making on the wall, there's like the multi lightsaber thing from the twins episode. Oh, that's cool. Oh, really? He's got like a little sketch of like clearly a little Sith with like four lightsabers. Yeah. That's the, fascinating. Yeah. So at the beginning when he's like dreaming of being a Jedi, he's like drawing all over the walls. Yeah. I like that. Like clearly these studios talked to each other like during yeah. the yeah. developmental process. Like that's pretty yeah. cool to me. I like that. Also, this studio also did the last episode. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. The studio cool. also did Akikiri. Got it. What a good. What a I good like how I different like the... they look from each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the thing that's really interesting about this, I was looking. Um, uh, the studio, Science Saru, who did this one, their first production was actually an episode of Adventure Time yeah. called Food Chain. Really? Uh, season six, episode seven. That's but then funny. they also did they also did an anime that I enjoyed called Devilman Crybaby, which is brutal. Really? Yeah, it's very violent. It's very gory. Um, it's, it's based on a manga from like a, the seventies, okay. which oh, okay. also or the maybe even yeah. the sixties that has like older anime adaptations too. Yeah, and it, that's a uh, yeah, like a grindhouse anime. Mm-hmm. Like, it's intense. Well, it's it's written by a guy named uh, uh, Gonagai, uh, who also wrote the Magical Girl uh, manga, Cutie Honey, which is all yeah. Wow. Like so, the same guy wrote the original Devil Man and the original uh, Cutie Honey, and Cutie Honey is like a foundational work in like modern Magical Girl. Like it's referenced a lot, uh-huh. like with like the magical transformations and all this other stuff. Like a lot of that stuff is really influenced by Cutie Honey. That's, that's fascinating. It's interesting, just sort of like the breadth of the the work that these folks did yeah uh and this studio also did uh space dandy which was di- is directed by oh. the director of cowboy bebop oh that's oh, wow. cool i didn't know that yeah that's interesting very fun um yeah i really like the scene where he's where um tob1 is uh in the middle of fighting the inquisitor and he communes with the force ghost of mitaka yeah. Who tells him, you know, calls him his Padawan, which I liked. Um, and so pure. dubs him a Jedi Knight, basically. Yeah. And then TOB1 says, I'm Toby. So that's his kind of like right of. He's a real he boy. Becomes a, re- a real boy. He's a yeah. real boy. Um, yeah, I really liked this episode. It was um, not what I was expecting. And it was I, th- I thought it was fun. I think it's the one I find the most heartwarming. Yeah. Like this episode is just like really cute and fun. Like there's the tragedy in the middle, yeah. but like this episode is like really fun and, and uplifting. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was again for me, someone who's not super into anime, but like, I know kind of like 
key ones. Uh-huh. It was kind of like nice to go in and be like, oh, I see what we're doing. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like right from the beginning, I'm like, okay, this I get is it. familiar yeah. and comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Astro Boy, uh, Pinocchio, like Star Wars. Let's go. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. We're Let's good. Go. We're good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like this one. Um, yeah. Right. So, um, how did we, how do we feel like, like as a whole on the whole, um, the whole i got to deep dive on these ones there are so many little things i'm thinking about from other episodes that i'm like maybe we will have to come back and talk about more of them at some point i mean there are nine of them we could do this three times i gladly would yeah (laughs) that is true we'll have to we'll have to talk about it we'll figure it Um, out yeah on the whole i think there's only one of these that i was kind of lukewarm on which was tatooine rhapsody like i'm just like i just didn't really feel that one but like the other eight like to various degrees i'm like wow this is really good I'm really into this. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the one that I was most like surprised by was the twins because there's so many moments in that that I'm like, wow, this is just so anime. Yeah, it's like, the most anime <laughs> one by far. My my favorite part of that episode is when we see the Star Destroyer for the first time and we have this panning shot pulling out. And it's two Star Destroyers stuck yeah. together in the middle. It's so good. I mean, like that's that one. <laughs> They're like. They saw the twin pod cloud car and they're like, can we do <laughs> twin, that? But star, twin star destroyers. Yeah. It's, right? it's got like the super cannon that's connecting them like a hinge. Uh-huh. Like, like th- that's one of the two that was done by Studio Trigger and Studio Trigger on- only okay. does things over the top. Like that everything makes, is over the top. Uh, they're the studio. What's the other one they did? Uh, they did the Elder, which is the least over the top, yeah. like one of the less least over the top ones. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I like the I like the Elder was a lot. So actually. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one was fun. Like it's so knowing what I know about like stuff that Studio Trigger has worked on. When I saw the Elder, and it's like by Studio Trigger, I'm like, oh, this ought to be like kind of crazy. And then it's like this really like kind of understated one, and I'm like, wow, that is nothing like anything else Studio yeah. Trigger has ever done. <laughs> That's uh-huh. cool. Um, I'm looking at the cast of like in general, and I wasn't aware that like Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a voice. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris did a voice. Yeah, Timo Liu did a voice. Allison Brie, David Harbour. I didn't know. That's incredible. Not not on any of the ones that we talked about. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris is the uh, boy twin. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the the singer in Tattooing Rhapsody. Oh yeah, in Tattooing oh, Rhapsody. Really? Okay. That makes sense. I would okay. never have known if I didn't see a cast list. That does not sound like yeah. Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt to me at no, all. I did not hear it. Yeah, and his other—I mean, this is his second appearance in Star Wars canon, right? Um, uh, but. Uh, yeah, he uh I wouldn't have recognized him in his first appearance in Star Wars Canon as the Abednado on in The Last Jedi. Oh yeah, uh-huh. The one who's like, you know, that's them. They can't park there. I told them they can't park yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> because that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> um, um, because I think Ryan Ryan Johnson puts him in like has put him in a lot of the stuff that he's. Yeah, worked he on. worked on Brick, which is one of both of the, one of their first uh, yeah. movies. Um, so they're they're longtime friends. But uh, yeah, I thought that was so. Yeah, he always just kind of shows up, and it's just like, yep, I just want to be in a Star Wars. That's so funny. <laughs> Just there he is, just with Gordon Levitt, I guess. I think it's great. Yeah, no, I thought these were these were pretty much all really great, and I'd love to see more with basically all of them. Like to- Toby is yeah. another one that feels like a really complete story to me. Like there's nowhere 
there's not really anywhere else that you need to go. Like that story is really self-contained. Like we can yeah, imagine it feels what complete. happens with Toby. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're 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 kind of good with that one. Um, there's the in the elder. I really liked. Um, I liked that Padawan um, and the, <sighs> that poor Padawan. It, it makes sense that it was David Harbour as the, the older Jedi in that yeah. one. Uh, now that I'm looking at it. But as he was talking, I was like, man, this dude sounds like a lot like Harrison Ford. <laughs> like he could have been doing a Harrison Ford impression. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I would be cool to see in different mediums. I think they don't all need to be shows. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is why I thought it was so interesting that they have like like I said the Ronin novel following the duel. I would be really interested to see like these stories get taken like you're saying into other mediums and and stuff like that. I think the yeah. the Elder feels like the continuation of that story if there was one would feel good as like a graphic novel to me. Yeah. yeah. Um obviously a uh Tatooine Rap City rhythm game. Um that's how that needs to <laughs> be. No brainer. Carried on. Yeah. Uh, you just put the song into the Star Wars uh, Connect Xbox game. Xbox game. Yeah, exactly. There you go. It's a DLC. <laughs> there you go. It's a very well, late now arriving make DLC. The, it's a, now you got to make the Star Wars dance PSVR. So now, yeah, yeah, yeah. now you're like in the dance. Uh, there you on go, Cloud right. City. <laughs> I'm Han Solo. Han Solo. Yeah, but now you really are Han Solo. Right. Yeah. Like, imagine the 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 like excitement and then utter rage if they came out and they're like, "We're coming out with a video game where you get to be Han Solo." <laughs> and then it's the connect. And it's like in VR, you're gonna be dancing, but you're Han Solo. We promise. But you're Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Yeah. <laughs> this is a cursed idea. Yep. Most of my ideas on this podcast have been cursed ideas. So that's. This is true. I mean, literally the last episode we talked uh, about the tiny galaxy. The idea, tiny galaxy. That the yeah. whole Star Wars universe is microscopic. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It makes more sense. Physics. Now you have sound physics space, wise. It's tiny. Yeah. Because you're not actually in space. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All these like wonky quantum rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> Not how the force works. The force the reason the force works like that is actually like they're manipulating gravity just a little bit because of they're on a microscopics. Anyway, I'm not going to get back Incredible. on that. Incredible. That, that, that's um, like subatomic bacteria and, and stuff now with yeah, like exactly. midichlorians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> midichlorians they're like oh yeah they're like uh microscopic and it's like just like the rest of us so microscopic <laughs> yeah. are all like they're like you see a midichlorian and it just like walks up and talks to you no, no midichlorians <laughs> are just the strings from string theory yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> oh man amazing um, <laughs> i feel like i feel like we're done here <laughs> are we because i could keep going so. right yeah for real think so <laughs> Uh, Norman, thank you for being thank you for You're being welcome. here. Yeah. Very glad we got to talk about some of these episodes. Yeah, I would gladly I come tell back and, where and talk can... about more of them. Yeah, um, but yeah. Yeah. more of them, or yeah, yeah, or anything else Star Wars, really. I guess other Star Wars. Yeah, there's so much other Star Wars. We got we got plans on plans on plans. Yep, we keep 
we keep uh we keep every time we talk we're like oh we gotta do that one we, we really gotta do that do next the, time. yeah i need to get around to reading the ahsoka novel i haven't finished it um i enjoyed I, it i read it it was fine to me like i was like, okay this is it's okay i mean it's very much a ya novel yeah and it's yeah i love ahsoka me too um <laughs> I just didn't feel like it added much to her. It was just sort of like, yeah, there she is. Yeah. And I feel like we got more of what I wanted in season seven of Clone Wars. Like yeah. that was more of what I kind of wanted that Ahsoka novel to be. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And then, yeah. But, yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Um, I just finished. Where, where, where can people okay. find you? Yeah, oh, ahead. sorry, Tim. <laughs> I was just going to say, I just I just finished that second High Republic novel, and that was, oh, that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, but Rising yeah. Storm. Yeah, that was good. Uh, anyway, yeah, Norman, where can, where can we find you if we want to hear hear more of your voice? Well, uh, there is uh, 600-some-odd, closer to 700 episodes of Lord of the Rings Minute in the Dueling Genre backlog. You can go listen to yeah. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, on Dueling Genre Versus, myself and my Lord of the Rings co-host Cass are going through uh, Hayao Miyazaki's feature films that he directed one at a time every other week uh, since the beginning of November. So if you're awesome. on the Patreon and you have access to Dueling Genre Versus, you should give that a listen if you want to listen to me gush about more anime stuff, which I yeah. will gladly do anytime with anyone. Yeah, it's so fun. And if you want to hit any of us to gush about Star Wars or anime or uh, whatever you want, you can hit us up on the Discord on uh, at Dueling Genres Discord, which you can find at DuelingGenre.com. Yeah. It's also linked in every episode description. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, three episodes of Star Wars Visions uh, entered into the archive. Committed to the archive. Yeah. So uh, and remember, um, until next time, if it's not in the archives, it doesn't exist. We did it. Yeah, we did it. That was fun. I like having guests fun. on. It's, yeah. I get tired of talking to Gary all the time. All right. Just just the two of us. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs>